Welcome to the One Meal, One Workout Podcast, your new approach to food and fitness. Brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Butler, Don Sullivan, and Mark Cockrell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to One Meal, One Workout, the podcast. It's the fantastic thing I didn't come up with a phrase before I got to that part, so I don't know what I'm going to say. That's all right, because I'm Aaron, and with me is Don and Mark. And if this is your first time to listen to this podcast, then uh, just go ahead and set the stage and let you know that I am a 43-year-old goofy man, and I make no apologies for it. If it's the more than first time, then you already know that, and you can ignore the last sentence that I just said. Mark, Don, how are you? Doing well, sir. Mostly. I'm getting better. Are you getting better? I am getting better. I got better. I, uh, Don, how about you? Doing all right. Welcome back, Don. After a two-week hiatus. It is, it, yeah, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, I had a two-week hiatus and then came back for a week and then I went on a two-week hiatus. So, you're welcome. We're happy to have you back. We are very happy to have you back. So, guys, um, I, I, I know Mark's heard the story and Don may have seen it on Facebook, but I just wanted to put it out there the entire internet because it was so funny. Um, it happened at a Super Bowl party at, at Mark's house this weekend. <clears throat> and it goes something like this. I'm attempting to become acquainted with a friend of a friend that's at the party. And I say, so, Michael, uh, you know, what's your line of work? What do you do? And he says, I won't laugh as hard. I can't even do it. He says, Cuban racehorses. And I said, wow, interesting. Do you breed Cuban, them or train them? Cuban racehorses. And he says, he pauses and looks at me and he says, human resources. And I was like, oh, well, that makes a lot more sense. You know, it was about the time he said human resources the first time the kids ran through or the TV got loud or something. And it sounded like Cuban racehorses. I promise. I promise I wasn't making it up. It's true. Yeah. It I, I read it a couple of times and I said, yeah, I, I, I could see that. I could see where that would happen. Well, it was, was funny. One, one of my friends posted it on Facebook when I put that on there. He said, because he said Cuban racehorses. And then I said, then he said human resources, and he said, so he gets jobs for human resources? Because my question was, do you breed them or train them? And he says human resources. Yeah. Gosh. I'm in the human resource department for Cuban resources. And we made racehorse uh, jokes the rest of the night. Yeah. So it was a quite lot funny. of. I have several groups of friends that that's the majority of our inside jokes are all things. And I post on Aaron's post that I don't have a hearing problem. I had a comprehension problem. That's what <laughs> several of my friends and I say. I heard you say a thing. It yeah. is not even close to the thing that you actually said. Well, I like the one, Don, that happened when all three of us were here recording a podcast, and I wanted to know why you were making a special stop at the store to buy a comb. Yes. <laughs> After work, I'm going to buy a comb. <laughs> what are you buying a comb for? You said, no, bike home oh and then my friend steven uh orthopedic surgeon that was on i think episode six or eight of this podcast he commented also he said i had a similar thing happen the other day i was at a party talking to a friend of a friend and asking what he did and he said where he worked and he said wonderful walmart something along along that lines and he thought it was i thought he was making this steven talk i thought he was making fun of his job so i said it back to him the same way turns out he's a stutterer oops <laughs> And there's no recovering from that one. You just walk away. That's yep. all you can do. You just say sorry and turn and walk away. Act like it never happened. I mean, what, I mean, there's nothing else you can do whenever something like that happens. It's, it's, it's as bad as saying when you do to a lady that's not pregnant. Yeah. You, just, you just say sorry and walk away. 
There's nothing else. There's no apology. You can't apologize enough. So just a sorry, acknowledging that you were an idiot and walk away. That's all you can do. So <clears throat> I got an update on the marathon progress, guys. And it's not the update I wanted to give. <sighs> so last Saturday, I was slated to run. Let me back up. Saturday before last, I ran 16 miles. I think we talked about that last Tuesday. Yeah. And then I took the week off, the Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. One night was because of weather. But the other two nights is because my left knee, I don't know if you remember way back, I was having some runner's knee. My left knee was sore. Uh, and I got a knee strap for it, a Chopat knee strap, and it actually got much better, but it was still kind of swollen, a little, just a little bit, kind of tender. So I thought, I'm going to lay off for a couple of days, let it rest, then I'm going to hit it on Saturday again, do 16 again, because that's what I was supposed to do. <clears throat> Here's a problem, though. When I don't run, I don't stretch. It's just the truth of the matter so far. When I run, I stretch. When I get done running, I stretch. When I don't run, I tend not to stretch. So I went the whole week basically without stretching after having run 16 miles on Saturday. So I went out and started 16 miles this Saturday. <clears throat> I got about eight miles into it, and my old friend IT band decided to wake up. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a length of time, you know that I went through a bout of IT band problems over a year ago went to physical therapy rehabbed it and have been running ever since uh, and it just jumped right up almost like it was when it first started and about mile nine was where i got to my turnaround point which was at a friend's house i called cheryl she came and picked me up and i just kind of babied it stretched took care of it so last night <clears throat> i was supposed to do five miles I went out, and what I ended up doing was I did three miles, but I did it, um, I think they call it, I'm not a runner, real runner, runner, so I'm not sure of the terminology, but I think they call it a tempo run, which is basically where you run fast. So I only did three in distance, but I did it about two minutes per mile faster than my normal distance pace. So I did it like a 5K pace or faster. And uh, I felt pretty good afterwards, a little tender today, but I'm hoping uh, I've got an eight mile tomorrow night and a five mile Thursday night that I'll be able to pull off. And I'm hoping by the time I go to do 17 on Saturday, <clears throat> excuse me, that, uh, that I'll be good. I'm stretching multiple times a day, trying to make sure that I take care of it, but that's kind of where I'm at. And so just, if you're, if you're of the praying sort, and I know several of our listeners are, and I know my co-hosts are, my son asked for prayer at church on Sunday for my knee. Very sweet of him to do that. Because basically, I feel like if I can't make the 17 on Saturday, I'm going to have to jump, pull back and do the half. Because I don't want two thing, one of two things to happen. I don't want to injure myself um, to the point that, I, um, that I, I hurt myself in a way that I'm disabled for a while. You know, I have to go through rehab and things like that again. <clears throat> and I also don't want to... Uh, have unrealistic expectations and get to mile 22 or 23 and not be able to finish. So I, I'm hoping and praying myself that my 17 miles ago is good or better than my 16 miles did the week before because I felt pretty strong after that 16. But that's where I'm at. So if I have to roll back to the half, I'd rather be successful with the half than fail at the full. So and you know what? A half marathon is a huge deal. <laughs> and you know, if if you told Aaron, we're going to non-linearly 
talk about Aaron four years ago here in a bit. <laughs> so if you told Aaron four years ago he was going to run half marathon at any point in his life, I'm sure that guy probably would have laughed until he threw up. Right. But I uh, probably would have because I would have been so full of pizza. <laughs> pizza <laughs> been easy to do. That's exactly what I was thinking. You're all disappointed. And I understand being disappointed, but you're running 13 miles. I mean, your warm-up for this weekend, your training run is 17 miles. Let's not uh, overlook the enormity of what you have accomplished. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. the reality is, is Saturday before last, I ran a half marathon and a 5K. And then this last Saturday, and I was joking with Cheryl about this, I only ran, quote, air quotes, only ran nine miles. You know, until about five weeks ago when I ran nine miles the first time, I'd never run nine miles <laughs> or further. So, <clears throat> and I understand that, you know, it would just be a little disappointing. Uh, the other problem is I'd run into is I've already got more than half of a marathon's worth of sponsors. Yay. So if you're out there listening, you don't know what I'm talking about. One meal, one workout.com. I'm still looking for a few sponsors. Um, some people have been nice enough to sponsor three miles. One of which is in the chat room right now. Um, others have sponsored one mile, two miles, $50 gets you a mile and get you a t-shirt, get your name on the back of the shirt. So you literally quote unquote, have my back while I'm running. But that money that you're donating doesn't go to me. It goes to the American Cancer Society. So for those that have already donated, the 14 of you that have already donated are 14 miles that have already been donated, 15 miles that have already been donated. Thank you very, very much. There's still room out there for several others if you want to jump in and, and chip in that 50 bucks. Or even if you can only do a half a mile and you want to do 25 bucks, that's great. Even if you just want to go to the American Cancer Society and donate some money and say, hey, Aaron, I donated the American Cancer Society of any amount, I appreciate it because I, I think it's a worthy organization. And um, uh, one of the one of the motivations for me to get healthy, and one of the one of the the person that I'm running this race in honor for is my sister uh, Teresa, who lost her battle with lung cancer um, in December of '09, at, and when she was 50 years old. So that's one of my motivating factors. Now, Aaron, you've been talking about this for a while, and you know, um, I'm definitely going to get to that later. But how late is later? What's the deadline on this? Because you're talking about printing up T-shirts and yes, thank you. What what's uh, the I, cutoff? I really would like to have all the money in, names in, T-shirt sizes in by March 1st. That gives my T-shirt guys two weeks turnaround plus time for me to mail them to you, so you can wear them on the day of. If you are uh, if you're not able to be if I'm not if you're not around here and I can't just take it to you, because um, I've got people that are sponsoring me from all over the nation, from the world and elsewhere, and so. Uh, yeah, so if, at the end of February, you basically got February. <clears throat> so a couple of three more weeks. And Teachers, uh, this is the paycheck. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you got one more paycheck, maybe two at the most. Uh, and, you know, and I'm, this is a 100% honor system. I don't have a American Cancer Society fundraising page set up. Basically, you just email me and say you did it if you want to forward me the receipt and say you did it. At this point, to be honest with you, I would even just take your word for it. If you said I donated $50 or I'm going to donate $50 or one day in the future at some point I'll donate $50 and I want to go ahead and reserve my mile because I don't want somebody to get mile 16. That's my mile. Send me an email. I'll put your name on it. I'll put a pin in it. Mile 16 is for you. So uh, that's enough about that. And that's enough about Cuban racehorses. <laughs> No, never. Don, Mark, y'all have anything there's, you want to share before we... always time for more Cuban resources. Exactly. Do you, either one of you guys have anything you want to share before we bring on our guest? I did, and I think it's it's somewhat germane to the discussion. Uh, not Austrian, but German. 
Uh, anyway, uh, twice this week, just in this very week, my wife has put together, my wife's in the chat room, hi wifey, love you, um, has put together meals that I found so irresistible that I ate until I was physically in pain. And, and, and it sounds like I'm blaming her, and, and I am, because uh, she's a darn good cook. But, both but in a good those, way, right? Yeah, but both of those times, I went to enter the calories in my app, uh, and it was like less than four slices of pizza. And, and, and I'm like, wait, how does it wait? This doesn't work. And, you know, it's, it goes back to what we've talked about all the time. If you eat the right foods, it oh. can be so delicious that you just want to shove more in your face until it hurts and low calorie. And uh, one night I turned to her and said, we should eat like this every night because I am so full, I'm miserable, and I still have like a thousand calories left in the day because I hadn't eaten much earlier in the day. Um, and so, you know, it can be done, people. You can eat happy and you can eat a lot and you can eat full, good quality, wholesome, delicious food that that is not a million calories. Yep. This is my old analogy, Mark. You can have a medium order of french fries or four large apples. <laughs> You know, as far as, you know, I can have this extra, this medium order of fries at my dinner. Dinner, I could eat four apples throughout the day, and it's the same amount of calories and much more fiber and really good for you. Of course, I don't recommend eating four apples. That's a lot of sugar. I'm not saying that. But you get the idea. The calorie-dense foods um, that a lot of the bad foods are, the, the, the level of how calorie-dense certain bad foods are, like pizza, for example, you know, a single slice of like a large uh, supreme pizza from, from Pizza Hut, of which I could easily eat six. It's like 400 calories, maybe 500. I don't know. I'm making it up, but it's, it's a bunch. But we make our own pizza. And since you can control the ingredients, you can control the calories as well. So we have really good pizzas around our house that mm -hmm. are much lower calories. And just watch the, watch the, the bread. That's what will get you. Right. That's where most of the calories are, even in the, in the Pizza Hut pizza. Right. So, so tonight, you they one had one KFC uh, double down or your weight in kale. <laughs> all right you can I love eat, that stuff you can eat enough pickles to fill a bathtub or a single small shake <laughs> right um so tonight mark's family had grilled chicken breast yellow rice zucchini tots and a spinach salad how was it mark and it was tots? it was one of those meals where i was unpleasantly full but almost no calories yeah zucchini yeah. tots are shredded zucchini and parmesan cheese with a few breadcrumbs just to hold it together no calories there. Except for the parmesan no. cheese. Yeah, the cheese no and the breadcrumbs are the most. Yeah. 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 We had tonight for dinner, we had, um, uh, it, was a, it was a paleo meal also. I see Galen in the chat room. Hey, Galen. It was a paleo meal, and it was, it was a, what shall we call them? Cabbage something others? And basically, it was like a, a, Those high, delicious. a high veggie meatloaf so it was like a, it was like a, it was similar to a meatloaf but it had lots of vegetables in the meatloaf you know lots of bell pepper lots of things like that and then you wrap it with a cabbage leaf so it stays together because you don't have all the breadcrumbs or crackers in it and things like that and you stick it in <clears throat> and you stick it in a crock pot and cook it you just put them in the bottom like something out of an alien movie you open it up and there's all these eggs in there and you wrap the, the cabbage around it man it was so good and then uh we had Fresh green beans with like a tomato, a little bit of tomato sauce stuff on it, like like uh, some kind of roasted tomato or something or another. I don't know. Like I said, Cheryl just goes in there, works magic, and stuff comes out and ate it. And just that meal by itself was that was just that was the whole meal. Those two things, and it was awesome. So, 
Fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and throw, since, since Galen is in the chat room, Galen's also known as Elizabeth Connect of CaveMomChronicles.com, who is a friend of the show, Faux Show. <laughs> she's like, I did that, Don. She's, Mark, she was that clever. And um, Word. she's got awesome recipes on her website, one of which today is Saucy Balls. And they are uh, meatballs with some sauce on them. Are, but are and they sweaty? Yeah, no, they're not sweaty. And what you do, I'm going to get this right, Galen, in the chat room, because <clears throat> they looked awesome. I told Cheryl about them tonight. She said, I know I saw them. You, you basically make up your meatball, you put it in a muffin tin, you cook it so it renders the fat out of it and get some of the fat out of it. Then you take some onions and put it in a tray, and then you put the saucy balls on top of the, the onions, and then you put like a tomato sauce on top of that and cook it, bake it in the oven. And man, it looked good. It was like a super awesome looking meatball, and I'm sure the flavor was incredible too. So if you yeah, want that recipe, sounds delicious. In more detail than I just bumbled it around, go to CaveMomChronicles.com. All right, that's enough bambling. We need to get Nuts Don. Do you have something? No, I'm good. All right, perfect. So uh, let's get. Uh, yeah, you don't bake it. You put it in a crock pot. Thank you, Galen, for clearing that fi- clarifying that up for me, Elizabeth. Let's get our guest on Rick Wyckoff. A incredible success story, and hear how he did it. Uh, Rick, <laughs> I stumbled upon Rick on Facebook. I don't even remember how I stumbled on you, Rick. It was, I don't know whose page I saw you on or where I was, but I saw your p- Facebook page, face, Facebook, Facebook page. I can't talk, uh, called constructing a new Rick. And, you know, immediately I saw an incredible at the top, across the top there, uh, photo collage of Rick before and Rick now. And I thought, I need to get this guy on the show and, and uh, okay. let him share his story because it is an incredible transformation. Thank so you. before I go too far down, I, I do this every time I have somebody on. I get excited about hearing their story, and I start trying to tell what I know ahead of time. So I'm just going to shut up and say, Rick, regardless of anything you've done with fitness or health or anything like that, just tell us a little bit about yourself so our audience kind of knows who you are and, and uh, you know, has kind of a framework to hang the story on. Okay. Well, my name is Rick Wyckoff, and uh, I grew up in Oklahoma, just a uh, out in the country kind of guy. Um, what part of Oklahoma? Of, what what area? Uh, Northwest Oklahoma. Northwest, okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I grew up outside of a town of about twenty people, so uh, it was really <laughs> way out. In That's the, the country nowhere, when but... you're outside of a town of twenty people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think it's safe to call that rural. I really do. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So um, I went to Oklahoma State, uh, studied architecture, and uh, I'm an architect now. I'm 34 years old, single, uh, live in Oklahoma City, uh, have a little Boston Terrier, and uh, that's pretty much me, I guess. I've spent a little time in Oklahoma. I have some friends that live in Antlers, Oklahoma, and some friends that live right outside the city, as they call it. Yeah, yeah. Conowa, (laughs) Oklahoma. So I know a little bit about Oklahoma because Mark and I are both from Texas. Yes. So, oh, okay. You know, yeah, I uh, lived in uh, Midland, Texas for a couple of years. I'm oh, so cool. sorry. Yeah, so uh, you were in the northwest you. Oklahoma. You were out in the panhandle there, weren't you? Um, close. Yeah, not Pretty quite close? that far, but close. All right. Well, so you're, you're, you're an architect. Now, just out of curiosity because I'm just a curious kind of guy. I ask lots of questions. What kind of architecture do you do? Is it commercial, residential, industrial? Uh-huh. Right now, um, I, I had been doing a lot of commercial, but um, I just joined a firm. Where we do a lot of residential and so a little bit of commercial. I do some churches, um, uh, things like that. I'm doing a little hangar renovation kind of deal. So it, it's cool. a variety of things. I have a, a, a good friend and Mark as well. We were roommates in college, actually, who was, an, who was an architect. 
and then transitioned into graphic art design. He the new movie that's coming out of Oblivion, I think it's the name of it with uh, Tom Cruise. Know, he yeah. did all the graphic design for that, but um, he used to his firm, the first architecture firm that he worked for. Their main contract was Hollywood theaters. Oh really? <laughs> like the first five <laughs> things he designed were Hollywood theaters. Oh wow! So their, their one directive was point everybody at the snack bar. That was it. Oh, right, that was their, right. you, know, you have the big meeting with the with the with the client where you discuss, you know, requirements for the project and everything. And they're like, we don't care. Just point everybody at the snack bar. So right. Tied that right in with the show. See how I did that. Uh-huh. All right. So so set the stage for us. Um, pre life change. Kind of tell us about where you were and how you got there and and what life was like for you. Our our show here. Um, I I personally. I think I told you in the email, I lost about 150 pounds and, excuse me, and I'm targeting this show in a lot of ways. We have people that are super fit that listen that are runners that run, you know, marathons all the time and I mean, all different gamut of people, but we have a lot of people that are that guy that's like me and like Don, like Mark and like you were that, you know, been heavy for a long time, uh, maybe tried 50 different things and are just kind of looking for that. Uh, first few steps of how to get started. So I like to to start with where you were, so that they kind of have an you know an idea of of, of if their story is like your story, because I think so many times our stories are so similar. So enough right, of me right. talking now. Go ahead, Rick. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I struggled with my weight um, ever since I was pretty you know eight years old uh, in the second grade. I just kind of ballooned up, I guess, and uh, uh, just kept growing all through high school and college and and then especially after college um just uh started getting quite a bit of weight and uh um like right after college i decided to move up to alaska and i lived up there for uh six years and uh i actually got really excited about you know the outdoors and hiking and things like that and i managed to lose 100 pounds when i was up there and uh but then a bad winter set in and uh and depression set in and i uh, ended up gaining that plus probably i don't know 50 more pounds and don't they call that they call that sads is that the yeah seasonal yeah, exactly. acquired depression yeah yeah that's seasonal deal, affective disorder or whatever it is um seasonal so um but i loved it up there i mean it was incredible but i felt it was time to move back so i moved back uh, just a couple years ago and um it was just this last February that I uh, um, I was 426 pounds, and um, I had a pizza binge one night, and I was up all night sick with indigestion, and that's kind of when I started thinking about just uh, how much of a waste my life was becoming, and right. uh, and uh, just I deserved so much more, and I just wanted there was so, just so much more I wanted to do, you know, and. Uh, I was suffering from anxiety and high blood pressure and I had a little bit of high cholesterol and, um, but that was about it, I guess. And, um, but I don't know, just at that point I decided to change things. So, well, so, you know, at 426 pounds, unless you're like seven foot nine, um, that's a pretty big guy. You know, I weighed about 400 myself. So I, I, I know what it, what your, what it's like. You know how, how limited was your uh, activity level? You know, I used I was joking with somebody a couple of days ago, and they were talking about me had I gone on a long run, and then and then I was telling you don't understand. Three years ago, I would complain about how far my my wife parked from Walmart. Like, <laughs> right. Let's go around one more time, honey. There's got to be a spot in the front. You know, I don't want to have to walk an extra fifty feet to get into Walmart. Not uh-huh. that I ever go to Walmart. I mean, just <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so 
Yeah. Talk about that. You know what? What was what was life like at four hundred twenty six pounds for you? Uh, it sucked. Um, my apartment it was sucked. on the second floor. <laughs> my apartment was on the second floor, so I had to walk up a flight of stairs every day. And I remember uh, I would stand at the top of that flight of stairs, and make sure I had everything in my hand before I went down those stairs, so I would have to go back up them. And uh, I would stand there for at least a minute, probably, just to make sure. And uh, you know, things like that. Um, I hated going to restaurants because I couldn't fit in the booths. And, uh, I was scared. I, uh, you know, break a chair, you know, um, I broke a couple chairs, so, um, I hated eating out, um, couldn't fit in the movie theater seats. Um, you know, just, uh, there was a couple cars my parents owned. I couldn't get the uh, seatbelt around me. Uh, you know, just things like that. Um, going I to always the- joke that I, I tried to put one of my friends Miatas on one time. Not get in it, but put it on, and literally right. we ended up taking my car because I, I could not get into the car. I tried feet first, I tried rear first, I tried head first, and I finally just said, eh, "Can't do it." Right? Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good thing, and you know, just getting your clothes at the big and tall store. And uh, I was in size sixty jeans when I started, and five X shirts, and uh, I think that store I was getting my clothes at they had a size sixty two pants, and that was as big as they went. So I was kind of getting the point. I was like, man, where am I going to get my clothes now if I keep growing? So you have to find the really big and tall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so so, um, at that point, was your only activity basically walking up and down one flight of stairs a day, you know, to um, the car? Well, I I had to walk up another flight at work. So uh, (laughs) it was two flights a day, I guess. And uh, um, yeah, yeah, I didn't do any walking. I didn't do... um, I was just pretty much a hermit, you know. I went to work and then went home and played video games, I guess, and uh, watched TV. That was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. I used to say, um, you know, I've said many times, and you were talking about you felt like your life was—I can't remember the words you said—was was was being a waste or was wasting away. And I would say I, I, I'm too young to get old to be this old. I felt so, you know, it, I was 41 when I started, and I felt like I was 60. You know, getting off the couch and, you know, everything aching. And I ache right now, but, you know, it's it's because I'm pounding my body in an attempt to try to do something physically, right. not just because I woke up that morning. Right, <laughs> it's right. It's a whole different level type of aching. So, <laughs> so you, you had the pizza binge and you said enough is enough. You know, my life sucks, like you said. I, I'm, I'm wasting my life. And so when you woke up the next morning, did you go online and buy P90X? Was that your first step or what? Tell us, tell us your process and what you ended up doing. So now, uh, and then we'll, tell, we'll, we'll do the big reveal at the end of where you're at if you're just listening to this because most of our listeners just download the MP3 and listen to it. So they're not, they haven't seen the pictures of you on Facebook yet or anything like that. So they, don't, they can't see the transformation. So let's hear the process and then we'll tell them where you're at. Okay. Well, uh, first thing I did uh, was go online, kind of um, – start looking for information regarding, you know, some health and nutrition, things like that. Um, when I was in Alaska and I dropped the hundred pounds, I did it through P90 and that was before there was P90X and stuff. So, uh, um, I did that, but this time I wanted to kind of, you know, I didn't want to really follow a program or something. I really wanted to focus on creating a life basically. And, um, that's what I heard a lot of, you know, a lot of success stories that I've read. That's uh, right. a lot of what they do. They just forget that old lifestyle and try to create and build a new one. So um, I saw some motivational videos, uh, success stories and stuff. Just try to get myself even more motivated to do this. And uh, actually, I came across a, a guy named Ellie Safardi. And I, um, 
he's a weight loss coach and uh, he kind of helped coach me and get me started and uh, he, he was the guy that taught me the importance of taking things one step at a time and uh, just really um, you know just it was a slow transition people ask me what I do you know to to lose the weight and I'm like well you want to know what I do now or what I did when I first started because it's been a gradual change this entire time right um, and so, and generally they just want to know now so that they can just jump right into it. <laughs> Where did you buy so, the pill at, Rick? That's what they want to know. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because you know, the, the name of this podcast is one meal, one workout. And I actually saw on your Facebook page, some stuff about, is it, you said Ellie, Ely? Uh, Ellie. Yeah. Ellie. Okay. I saw, I, I saw it and I read it as Eli. So Ellie, right, right. I saw some stuff about Ellie stuff. So I went to his website and I saw in that website, you know, many times talking about incremental one step at a time. And that's what the whole idea of one meal, one workout is. I don't know if you saw on the website or, or anything like that. I approached it literally one meal at a time, trying to make the best choice I can make at each meal and trying to get to each workout. And that's all I had to worry about. I'm not, I'm, even now, I'm not worrying about 10 years from now what I'm going to be doing for exercise or that I have to run for the rest of my life or anything like that. All I know is I got to get to my next workout and just put some effort into it. And that's all I got to do. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's that was one thing that uh, Ellie really helped me with was, uh, you know, I had that big number in my head. I'm like, I've got to lose over 200 pounds. And how is this possible? You know, it's not and, possible. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And he, and uh, so he's like, Rick, get that big number out of your head. You know, you, you're at where you're at and that's fine. OK, now we're just going to uh, make each day count and we're going to just take this one step at a time and we're just going to. Um, so. Uh, the first week he had me walk 15 minutes a day, which at the time scared the crap out of me. And, uh, and I gave I, up fast food, which I was a fast food junkie. I probably had eight fast food three times a day. And, I, uh, so that was my challenge. The first week was just to walk 15 minutes and give up fast food. And, uh, I did it. And, uh, and then the next week we built on that. We added five minutes to my walking and I gave up soda. So. We just kind of, you know, went that approach just weekly, uh, taking another step and uh, to create a lifestyle that worked for me. And it, it's it's tailored just for me. So uh, that's awesome. I, and yeah. so you're still doing now what you did the first week. You've built upon that, right? So there's still no fast food. There's still no right. soda. There's still walking every day or exercise every day. So yeah. It's, yeah, that's what people often overlook. You don't you don't ever stop one thing. You just add to it and you build onto it. And before long, you've built a new lifestyle. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was talking with a coworker today and, and she's just saying something about, well, I don't remember what she was saying, but anyway, it come, came out that she was doing a fruit and vegetable fast. So she was only eating fruits and vegetables. And I said, so is this your diet this week? <laughs> Cause like a month ago she was doing the, the, what is it, the cayenne pepper, honey, you know, water yeah. cleanse thing. And I'm like, right. Brandy, <laughs> that's her name. You just need to change the way you eat in general, not go on a diet because when you come off the diet, you're going to end up where you were when you were off the diet originally. So really, yeah, that, I think that's an awesome point for people to take away from this. You know, you hear Rick's story and you're like, man, look what all the changes he made. But he didn't. And I was joking about going and buying P90X the next morning. That's the exact opposite of what you did. Because oh, totally, if you yeah. try to do it that way, you always fail. I mean, that's what I did. I mean, it would... I would I would wake up the, you know the next morning after I had the pizza binge you know the first fifty times I tried this and I would say all right today I'm going to walk three miles and I'm going to only eat grass fed beef and <laughs> and one poached egg for breakfast and a salad for dinner and that's it you know by right. the end of the day I was so 
felt horrible and frustrated and uh, I can't do two days of this. This is crazy. And then that would be the end of it. That'd be my, that'd be my diet experience one day. <laughs> so that's why I backed it back all the way to one meal <laughs> with the one meal workout thing. Yeah. So, totally. uh, you, you said you started this in February, so it's been just now almost a year. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a year on Valentine's day. That's awesome. Now, see, here's the thing that I, I get a lot of times from people that are big guys like us. Um, it is such an insurmountable number. You know, like for me, I knew I needed to lose about 150 to 175 pounds. I need to lose about another 25 probably. Excuse me. And, uh, and so now I say I didn't lose 150 pounds. I lost 150. I lost one pound 150 times. You know, that's the kind of the idea. And mm-hmm. so the thing is, I think that people forget is how powerful the human body is and how, how much it wants to be normal. You know, and if you just make some changes, it can really, I mean, I'm, you don't want to go out and lose 150 pounds in three, three weeks. I mean, I'm not saying something crazy like that, but you've made a drastic change in a year and you're not doing anything crazy. You're not eating 600 calories a day and working out four hours a day. I'm assuming based on stuff I no, saw on Facebook, no. but you're eating, you're eating a reasonable amount of food. You're eating enough mm-hmm. to stay healthy and have plenty of fuel and you're exercising. Right. Right. Yeah. So tell us now the big reveal in that 11 months or so, how, how much weight have you lost, Rick? Uh, I've lost 180 pounds. 180 pounds. So yeah. see, that's the thing. Here's, here's where I come back to you sometimes. If somebody would have told you, Rick, on February 12th last year, this time next year, Rick, you will weigh 200 pounds less. You'd probably yeah. slap them. <laughs> <laughs> right? You'd have been like, yeah, okay, oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for that. Totally Appreciate it. <laughs> but it's possible. I mean, that's the thing. That's what I, that's why I wanted to have you on here. I wanted people to hear out of your mouth. I've lost 180 pounds in 11 months and I didn't do anything crazy or, um, I mean, based on what Eli, Ellie, I want to, I'm going to call him Eli for the rest of my life. Ellie says on his website and what he was talking about and what I've seen on yours, it's about eating better and being more active, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, people want to know exactly what I do to work out and what exactly what meals I eat and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, there's general guidelines about what I do. You know, I, I try to do a little cardio in the morning and some resistance training in the evenings. But um, and then, you know, my meals, I, you know, I just try to stick with, uh, you know, lean proteins and uh, whole grains and fruits and veggies and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it's nothing drastic or uh, crazy, I, I, I wouldn't think. But uh, right. um, well, it's definitely yeah, sustainable, I mean, right? That's the thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is something that's another thing um, that Ellie told me. He's like, you're going to be doing this the rest of your life. It's not a temporary fix. So this is a completely new lifestyle that you're going to adopt. And uh, so, yeah, one of the things we talk about here is diet, the noun versus diet, the verb. Mm-hmm. So people diet, they change the way they eat for a certain amount of time. You know, it's, it's something they're doing. And then you have a person's diet which are the things that a person habitually eats. So you didn't go on a diet, you changed your diet. And that's a, exactly. that's a big paradigm difference that I think people fail to, to get. You can go on any diet and get short-term results, mm-hmm. almost any diet. I mean, pretty much any diet that's out there. Um, but that's the problem. It is short-term results because it's a short-term change, whereas you have changed what you're, what you're eating. So lean proteins, whole grains, fruits, vegetables – that sounds very reasonable to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some cardio in the morning, a little weight training in the evening. That sounds very reasonable to me. Now, right. you've been pretty public about, you know, you've lost 180 pounds in a fairly short amount of time. I mean, all things considered, a year doesn't seem that short whenever you, 
whenever you look back over it, but in the course of the amount of weight you lost in a year, um, and you, you on Facebook, you were talking about maybe possibly getting some kind of skin reduction surgery and things mm -hmm. like that. Is that something that you're still considering? Yeah, I'm still considering it. It's just, um, uh, you know, the, it's, it's definitely, the skin is definitely there and it's starting to get in the way a little bit. Um, especially when I try to do my squats or sprints, you know, things like that. It's, it's in the way and, uh, you know, it bothers me uh, a little bit, you know, I mean, you do this to try to be healthy and, uh, you know, um, look fairly good and things like that. You know, you just want a better life. So, um, it's just something I'm, you know, just currently looking into. Yeah. I told my wife when I started the process, I said, right now I have no intentions of it. Um, but if it ever gets to where it is, uh, a medically necessary, you know, for some reason that it's that it's physically having I'm having issues because of it, or like you said, it becomes something where it's it's to the point that it's painful or uh, very uncomfortable, or you can't do things. Then that I would I would consider it because it's it is a thing. Now I don't I don't I don't have uh, <laughs> I need to lose some more weight, so I have some more loose skin. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> my skin's a little tauter than I want it to be, but I do. I mean, I have. You know, I have, you know, loose skin that I deal with. I've got a little bit of the granny arm, you know, not too bad. Um, but uh, it, that's a that's a major, major surgery. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you've researched it and looked into it. I mean, that's a that'd be most likely be a full body lift is what they call it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the lower body lift and uh, tummy tuck or whatever. Yeah. Um, even probably the full uh, circumference is right. probably what I would have to end up doing. So, um, yeah, it's just a lot of weight came off, uh, really quick and I've, you know, I've had it since I was eight years old. I grew up with it. So the skin is, it's totally stretched out and scarred and, uh, it's lost. It's, you know, I, I would imagine it's lost quite a bit of its elasticity. So, well, um, I mean, you could, you could get it all nice and taut again if you just gained back a couple hundred pounds, right? Well, that's true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing is, uh, I know, and I know you're not, you're not complaining about it, you know, and I'm not either. I'm like, right, fine, right. I'll take some loose skin. Give me more. That just means oh, I've lost totally, some more yeah. weight. <laughs> you know, I, I see it as a, as a badge of success, not a necessarily mm -hmm. a horrible thing. So, mm -hmm. well, um, I always ask this question. I say always, just about always. I think almost without exception, I ask every person that we have on the show that's uh, either an expert in a certain field or as a success story themselves. Uh, I call it the grocery store scenario. Actually, that's the first time I ever called it that, but it always is the grocery store scenario. If you're standing in line at a grocery store <clears throat> and the guy in front of you is you two years ago or me two years ago, or I guess it'd be four years ago for me. And you, you know, you know, sometimes you strike up a conversation with somebody in line and they're, and they're lamenting, feeling bad because they're overweight or whatever, or, you know, they, they, they feel guilty about the, the stack of Tony's pizzas they've got there. So they make some kind of comment about it. <laughs> you know, it looks like it's pizza again at my house or whatever. Uh, and, and for whatever reason, the conversation goes in a way that you're able to share with them your success. And they're like, you know, they ask you that question, well, how'd you do it or, or anything like that. <clears throat> and you've got maybe three minutes to try to encourage that person, um, mm -hmm. to try to get them past that pizza binge night to the next morning where that motivation comes in and, and they start trying to make that change. If you had that three minute window, um, to talk to somebody, what kind of thing, what would you say to them? You know, what, what would be that motivating thing? that kind of that you would turn that key hopefully in their in their uh, mind to get them motivated right um i would want to let them know that you know it, it is very very possible to do it um i know so many people now that uh 
you know, I just uh, decided that enough was enough, and uh, they've made that that fundamental change in their life to uh, to do it. Um, I want to, you know, just try to explain to them that um, it's okay where they are now. That uh, their lifestyle that they're living now just doesn't work. That they need to think about that. Um, uh, just uh, that that change to their lifestyle and it can be done slowly that they don't need to jump right into a completely new lifestyle that um, all these bad eating habits and um, um, just just poor lifestyle choices um, it'll take a while to get over those and transition to something better so you know to, to take it one step at a time to forget the enormity of the task in it you know at hand and uh enormity of the numbers you know things like that and just uh focus on today and to make each day count um i think that's awesome advice you know that it for the person that needs to lose you know even 50 pounds it seems like such an undoable thing when you especially when you've tried and failed over and over and over mm -hmm. you know to have somebody stand there like you uh, and and say, look, you can do it. I did it. I think that's a, a powerful thing. And I appreciate, <clears throat> excuse me, your willingness to share your story on Facebook, um, and your willingness to to let people see the transformation in you, and uh, and take inspiration from it. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I originally started that page to just uh, be accountable to a few people, and it just kind of it's become a lot more than that. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. And, and it's That's humbling. Just to, oh, I know. I mean, just, it seems like you got, I, I think you got a couple hundred more likes just since yesterday. Uh, yeah. In the last two weeks, I've gotten over 2000 likes. It's, it's just wow. crazy. It's, it's, you've it's, gone viral, Rick. <laughs> you have I gone guess, viral. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. I mean, that's how I found you. I think somebody else, you know, a mm -hmm. friend of a friend of a friend said, you know, did a like and look at this guy doing this great thing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's fantastic. Thanks, man. So, uh, Ellie, he, did I get that right that time? Uh-huh. I got it. Yes. So <laughs> Ellie, uh, yes. is there any other words of wisdom from Ellie until I can get Ellie himself on the show to share his own words of wisdom? You can put a good word in for me with him, Rick, if you want. Okay. Uh, I'll do that. Thanks. Uh, is there any other particular things other than just that, the incremental process that maybe that has stuck with you that he said that, that we might want to share with our listeners? Um, I think that, you know, the incremental process is huge. I mean, his, his motto is one step at a time equals success. And, um, I think, let's see, um, just, and it can be applied to any area of life, not just weight loss, you know, I right. mean, just, um, relationships, finances, um, people ask me how I just got into jogging, things like that, you know, and it was just, I started out jogging 10 seconds. That's all I could do. And so. Um, you know, now I can jog up to like four or five miles, but, um, you know, it's just a gradual incremental process. And, uh, Steven, this, um, whole weight loss deal, um, forget the big numbers was another deal that he really taught me, um, find healthy alternatives to those trigger foods. Mm -hmm. Um, he taught me a few tricks like, um, my, my, one of my trigger foods is pizza. So one thing I used to do, I don't do it so much anymore was to take whole wheat bread toast it, throw a little marinara, some turkey pepperoni on there, and a little cottage cheese, you know. Right. And uh, it, it kind of helped a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> At you least know, you gave me the like visual that. of it, right? Yeah, well, we're exactly. Actually, we're, we're having pizza this Friday night at my house. 
and my wife is making the crust with cauliflower. I've heard about that, yeah. yeah so we'll, we'll let you know how it goes. Okay. It's a cauliflower crust and then just regular, you know, veggie toppings. We've done cauliflower rice before. Okay. Um, you know, it's much lower carb than rice. And we've done cauliflower mashed potatoes as well. Yeah, my wife yeah. tried to slip cauliflower mashed potatoes by us a little while back. Nobody bought it. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I ate it. The kids didn't even eat it. You have to make choice to accept the difference. Yeah. What's really funny is my son, who's six, who is the victim of my better eating habits, you know, uh, sometimes he, he's not too excited about the choices we've made, you know, that we're not going to McDonald's tonight again or whatever. Um, so the other night, uh, Cheryl made spaghetti, but now she almost always makes it with, not almost, she, she's for the last two years has made it with spaghetti squash. Mm -hmm. If you're listening and you're not familiar with it, it's a big gourd, you know, about the size of a football usually. <clears throat> and you, I guess you bake it or boil it or something. I don't know. She does the magic in the kitchen. I just reap the benefits. And then you cut it open and it's full of these stringy uh, fibers that look like spaghetti. And so she makes a, a real healthy homemade spaghetti sauce, cooks the spaghetti squash, scoops out this, the, the stringy part on the inside that looks like pasta noodles and puts the sauce on it and with a salad and we'll have that for dinner. Nathaniel, my six-year-old, is like, Mom, can we just have real spaghetti one time? You know, super dramatic, of course. So she made it for him Friday night. We were going out on a date night. Babysitter was coming over, so she made spaghetti for him and the babysitter, and uh, and he he liked it. So we had the leftovers, I guess, Sunday night or something. And I thought to myself, this is not as good as spaghetti squash. <laughs> it was actually I didn't enjoy it as much, and I just okay. knew I was going to be like, oh, spaghetti, welcome back. You know, I really I really thought I was going to be that way, but I wasn't. It was actually I actually enjoyed the spaghetti squash better now. So you know, like he said. You know, you used to do the pizza thing. Maybe, you know, as your taste have changed and your eating habits have changed, you really do. You can migrate away from those bad, bad things. Yeah, you're exactly right. And one thing I've noticed eating healthy is that, um, like, just the healthier foods taste better. I mean, you know, vegetables taste better and uh, yeah. meats taste better. And uh, some of that more processed stuff doesn't taste quite as good as it used to. So there's my son right there sneaking in. He probably heard me talking about him. <laughs> what are you doing, Nathaniel? You haven't come in here and said hi for a long time on the podcast. Wave. Say hi. Now go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so while he's busy with that, I'll vamp and say that. He said, I, what can I've you done, keep it down? Can you keep it down? <laughs> Dad's talking loud tonight. I'm sorry, buddy. Good night. No bunny ears. What, what I've noticed is that uh, you... As you develop new norms, your tastes do change, like Aaron said. It's, uh, and yeah, it's, I think diet is as much habit as it is anything else. You know, you, you like what you grew up on for a reason. It's because you develop the habit of eating those things. And if you, yeah. ch if you change what you eat, you change what you like. Yeah, that's very true, yeah. Because um, I've become yeah. a, a huge fan of spinach and broccoli and, and things that I used to not only not like, but actively dislike. And mm -hmm. now I look forward to them. <laughs> What's that? You vilified them. Yes, yes. And, and <laughs> the evil broccoli. <laughs> and now I, I still don't like raw broccoli, but in just about any other preparation, I love it and look forward to it. And I'm requesting right, right. it. You know, honey, could you make some more broccoli, please? Well, we went, we went on our date night the other night, um, my wife and I. One of my indulgences that I, I, I have cut way back on in the last three or four months that I went crazy on for a while when I first discovered it is sushi. Mm -hmm. I, I love sushi. I mean, I'm, I just, I'd never eaten it in my entire life till about maybe nine months ago or a year ago. I just love it. So we went out the other night 
um, when Nathaniel was eating his spaghetti at home. And I actually, we tried several different ones, and we had an asparagus sushi and an eggplant sushi. Didn't have any fish in it. It just had those vegetables. And they were both really, really good, actually. So just throwing that out there as a, as a fun anecdote. Well, hey, Rick, do you have anything else you want to share? I mean, <clears throat> you don't have to come up with something. I'm just asking. I don't want to cut you off if you've got some other golden nugget of truth that you're holding on to, waiting for an opportunity to share it. Um, uh, just one thing I was thinking of um, whenever we were talking about the, the changes in food. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever I first started and I would bring these healthy foods to work and stuff, people would mock me. <laughs> they would see, you know, the really big guy eating salad and stuff like that. And so they would uh, tell me how wonderful the cookies were in the corner and how excellent the brisket was that they brought and stuff, you know. And uh, so that mockery, you know, it lasted a while. And then uh, then whenever they started seeing some results, though, that uh, it changed to uh, more support and questions and what was I doing and things like that. So that, was some, that would be something else I'd encourage people that, you know, the mocking, it'll start and it'll stop and um, soon they'll – once they see the uh, determination and the, the results and things, uh, it'll, it'll change. So that's, mm, uh, brisket, that's a lot of questions from, I get on my page. You're so. from Oklahoma. You like brisket. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's great. That's a great encouragement. You know, it, like I think Mark said before, um, <clears throat> Mark's a big guy and his, his mode of exercise in the recent past was riding his bicycle. I think Mark, the way you put it was, I knew I was going to look silly riding the bicycle. Yeah. Just get over it. I, I just owned up to that fact. I'm going to look silly riding a bicycle, <laughs> but I'm just going to ride it anyway. That's right. That's exactly what I thought when I started jogging. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I, have, I have a question, uh, if I may. Sure. Um, um, you know, Aaron always asks the, for the, the grocery store pitch. Uh, one question I'd like to say. It's the grocery ask, store scenario. Excuse me. Okay. okay. Is um, <laughs> what, it's, it's two-sided. You can answer either side or both. Um, what is like the one new thing you can do like your new superhuman ability that you didn't have before that you have now or the one thing that you no longer hate or or don't have to do that you used to have to do like you know I, i'm not going to give you an example i'm sure you can come up with some um you know you you have a whole new body and uh-huh. aaron wrote a blog post a while back about his new superhuman abilities like uh, you know every time a, a dc superhero uh, gets nuclear whatever dumped on him he slowly develops his new abilities. What's your favorite new superpower? Yeah, let me, let me just throw mine in there. Like I was talking, the, what, prompted, what prompted that original story was I was, we loaded a refrigerator in a table, in a table, in a trailer, and we needed to get in the trailer to strap it down. And I was, I was looking for a place to step up onto the trailer. I was like, well, I, there's a, and I was like, wait, I can just hop into the trailer. <laughs> I was like, I have the ability, I can leap tall trailer edges in a single bound so that that revelation was you know i didn't even realize that i I still had that mental block of can i do this or not do that so that that was kind of where that came from so go rick now okay i'll shut up um one uh let's see i got two that i can think of just off the bat that i like to do now it's fitting in between uh cars now i don't you know i I still like whenever i see two cars really close together i stop and think oh can i fit there (laughs) and then i think oh yeah of course and i you know i don't even touch either either one now um another one is taking i just started doing this is taking two steps at a time (laughs) at the stairs at work Uh um you know and i do i do it every time now and uh it's pretty fun to be able to do that now um what i used to not be able to do or what i used to not what was the other one? <laughs> like, like something you no longer have to do. Like, no the, to what, do. like the thing that I'm looking forward to doing, and you mentioned it earlier, is no longer having to do that mental calculus of which chair will hold me up. 
which chair will oh, my fat yeah, butt yeah. fit in between the arms of? So is there something like that? And it may have even just dropped out of your consciousness and you're not even aware of it. But what is it you don't have to do anymore? Um, well, that's a good one. I went to uh, this restaurant just uh, two places over. They asked me if where I wanted to sit. And I'm like, anywhere. I don't care. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So I sat at the bar, you know. I was, I was able to sit on a bar stool comfortably. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, one of mine was, like Mark was talking about, was, and you'd mentioned earlier, was when the first time I didn't have to buy my clothes at a big and tall. Yeah. Yes, that was good. Yeah, that was a good feeling. Yeah, yeah, I went to the Banana Republic and fit, and fit into clothes there. I was like, so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I actually went, I was joking about Walmart earlier. Walmart earlier. I needed a couple of sh- uh, pairs of shorts because all my shorts were falling off of me. And I was like, and I was at Walmart for something else. I was like, I can buy a pair of shorts at Walmart. Right. Look. <laughs> Look, these shorts fit me. I'm like wanted to run up to people. These shorts fit me. You know, they're like, right. and it's crazy. Now uh, you can overpay for clothes because they're trendy and not because they're huge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Don, no. you've been awful quiet. Do you have any questions? You've just been sitting there getting motivated? Uh, yeah, I'm trying not to make the uh, the obligatory pizza binge joke. You know, because it keeps going... Over and over in my head, I know exactly where you were at whenever that happened that night. Because, I mean, if you can eat six pieces of pizza, leaving two there is not going to do anybody any good. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> I used to think that all two pieces of pizza. I'm just going to throw them in the trash, and that's a waste of food. And wasting food is just is is a sin. So I'm just going to go eat it, eat these two. Pieces I'll be of honest. Pizza. I still fall victim sometimes to the take my plate into the kitchen. Well, there's only one pork chop left. That's not even enough for leftover. Right. <laughs> and it's right. a pork job. You know? I hear it. It's calling my name. Right. You got to watch those kind of things. Put it in a, put it in a, a sealed container, airtight, where you can't hear it anymore quickly. Mm-hmm. So, well, Rick, I really appreciate your time, and I um, and, uh, hope to stay in touch with you. I'll keep tabs on you on Facebook. Yeah, and uh, re- really appreciate you being here, and, um, and congratulations on your success. And um, thank you so much for sharing your story with everyone and motivating them. All right. Thank you very much, Aaron. It's, it's been a pleasure, man. That was Rick Wyckoff. I got his name right twice in a row, I believe. And incredible story. <clears throat> 11 months, 180 pounds, and, and, I, and he's done it the quote-unquote right way, meaning he's eating better and he's exercising. And that's just an incredible testament, A, to the changes he's made, and B, like I said, to the resilience of the human body, how it really, I really believe the human body wants to normalize. It wants to be healthy. Um, you got to really work at it, you know, in some ways to, to, uh, to break that mechanism. And then sometimes you got to work to get it back where, it, where it's healthy and let it, let it take care of you. So uh, thanks again to Rick for being on. Hopefully we'll have Ellie on one day and I'll remember to say his name correctly. Because he's got quite a story as well. <clears throat> you were getting it there toward the end. You were, uh, you yeah, were on it pretty on well. It. Yeah, we got the cat cam going uh, for those watching the live stream. Don has two cats now. All right. If you haven't seen the Kitty World parody, by the way, you need to go watch on YouTube. And watch that. But uh, all right, well, gentlemen, I, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. But remember, guys, before you before you do anything drastic or make any significant health changes, we really do recommend you talk to your healthcare provider. We do. Every show.
Hey!